0: Welcome to Find Your Inner Sage, a show making self-care easy so you can live the life you want. I'm your host, Fiona Lynch, a clinical psychologist, bringing you evidence-based information and tips that work. Join me and our inspiring guests as we empower you to look after your whole well-being, so you can live with joy and meaning. very first guest episode at Find Your Inner Sage, I cannot think of a better guest to be inspiring each and every one of us than Jess Rowe. Jess is the owner of Good Folk Yoga and Remedy Lane, both in Geelong, Victoria. Jess spent five years on the hamster wheel of the corporate world before she burnt herself out, unfortunately, and sought a reset. After what she describes as a life-changing yoga teacher training in Bali, Jess started turning towards a more mindful way of living something quite foreign to her at that time. Despite being terrified of speaking in front of groups, Jess was brave enough to start teaching at local yoga studios and eventually had the opportunity to open her own, which is known as Good Folk Yoga. Jess thought that both Good Folk and Remedy Lane would be an amazing little hub of holistic therapies and treatments to help people learn and slow down and educate on the impacts of living a high-stress and no-rest lifestyle. When we recorded this episode, I hadn't yet checked out Remedy Lane, but I can assure you that I have now, and she has certainly created the holistic hub and wellness space that she was hoping for. Jess is a self proclaimed stress head who has experienced the life altering impacts of holistic remedies and slowing down. What better person for us to all learn how to do the same from? Despite this, Jess describes that she's still on the journey to learning how to look after herself better how to know when she needs to rest and slow down. Jess also runs weekly meditation classes at Good Folk, and today she shares with us many of her techniques to incorporate moments of meditation and mindfulness into your daily life, even if it's not a regular structured practice. My co-host today is Georgia Prisco, clinical naturopath at Intuitive Cycles, who joins me as we chat with Jess Rowe.
1: Welcome Jess, thank you so much for joining us today, we really appreciate your time.
2: Oh, thank you girls for having me on, I'm really, yeah, I'm really excited to be here with you both.
1: Yeah, so today we're going to talk a little bit about mindfulness, but we also really want to know about you and your journey and your self-care um, journey as well. So start with telling us a little bit about your work, your life and how you've got to where you are today.
2: Mm-hmm. Um you've used the word journey there, which I think is a is a good word because it has honestly been, yeah, it's been a real journey. So at the moment, I, I've i got two businesses that I run. So I've got Good Folk Yoga and I've got Remedy Lane, which is um, a newer business that, uh, that I started about six months ago. So I'm a yoga teacher, meditation teacher, and I'm running, yeah, running those two businesses. My partner's also started a business. So we've got a third business. So yeah, small business, um, small business owners in this household. And yeah, it, is, it has been a journey to get there. So we, I guess to give you a bit of background on how I ended up there, because I definitely didn't grow up thinking that that I would be a yoga teacher that would own my own businesses. That was, yeah, never really part of the plan. Like I, I grew up in Shepparton, um, so country, country kid grew up out of town and then moved to Melbourne, studied business management. Um, and I majored in HR, so human resources, and I also had a bit of an interest in marketing. So I ended up in sports marketing. Um, so I w- worked for um, a talent and marketing agency up in Melbourne. So I lived up there about as far away as you could get from sort of like a yoga and like a mindful workplace as as could be. It was very much a hustle. It was very much, um, you know, really encouraged to work extra hours and And really push yourself and to succeed so it was very much that kind of workplace I really loved it at the time it was um yeah it was a great place to work lots of you know people my age it was all like mid to late 20s we had heaps of fun we're in Richmond we're on Bridge Road like right near all the pubs it was just you know the dream for like a a mid-20s kind of kind of age and had a lot of fun there but started to sort of realize that something wasn't quite working. Like I had everyone saying, Oh, you work in this great business. Like I was going over to the Olympics and going on like photo shoots over in Italy. Like it was just, it was a really phenomenal gig. And everyone in my ear telling me how amazing it was. And I just yeah, I just had this feeling at the pit of my stomach that like this cannot be it. like if this is it, I've missed something here because this is it just wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't it wasn't ticking my boxes. And I'd realized that like my whole life, I just made decisions, even studying business like that was purely based from having no idea what I wanted to do and having sort of, I wouldn't say family pressures, family encouragement of like, go to uni, get a degree, you know, do that whole thing. And I'm I'm definitely glad, obviously, now owning businesses, it's quite ironic that that is now coming into into play like 15 years later. So it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely been worthwhile doing, but it's sort of as well as realizing that my health was actually taking a bit of a a bit of a toll. And early on I didn't really recognize that I was stressed. It wasn't something that I think, I think I, I didn't want to admit that I was stressed because that felt like it was admitting that I wasn't able to handle the workload or you know, the volume of things going on. So I can remember and thinking back now, I'm like, Jess, you idiot. Like I was so busy, like I just I was living in Dorne at one point as well for a few years. So I was commuting back. So that commute adding on to, you know, working huge hours, it was just totally running me into the ground. And I was having all these random health issues. Like I was seeing a GP and all these random little things that just like I had, like my hair was falling out. I wasn't sleeping properly. I had skin issues. I had gut issues. All the, and you guys would come across that with with the work that you do, but all of these things that seemed like they weren't connected. And then I started seeing, an acupuncturist um, and a kinesiologist and they sort of started shining the light on the fact that hey maybe maybe what you're doing is not is not what's right for you like your body is obviously telling you something and that sort of is probably the start of this whole journey for me of moving towards yoga moving towards more mindful self-care based kind of living Um, because prior to that Yeah, there was not much of that going on in my life at all. Like I was someone that, you know, I would have looked fit and healthy. Like I was running, I was doing heaps of high intensity exercise, all of that sort of stuff. And I was doing a little bit of yoga on the side, but more for fitness. Like it was purely all of that was just for fitness. And then, yeah, it sort of started to take a turn. I started seeing those practitioners. So this is maybe like maybe five or six years ago. And then it all just started, yeah, all just came to a head where I thought, no, I've, I've got to get out of here. And I did talk about it for a long time, <laughs> saying to my friends and family, like, I've got to get out of there. But I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I'd always had that interest in yoga. So I dabbled in it for years and just sort of had it on and off as part of more of a fitness regime. And then I went to a yin yoga class. Have you guys practiced yin yoga? Yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> Once you go
0: to yin, I feel like you never go back.
2: <laughs> no, it is just... Yeah, there's something really profound that happened um in those first few classes I went to where I just realized that I remember walking out and just feeling like I'd reconnected to myself. But and yet, you know, I didn't have a huge sort of spiritual understanding back then of what all of that meant. But it just had this this feeling of like, oh, this actually, yeah, I feel like I've come back to myself and that every other part of my life is like pulling me away from who I really am and from that feeling of connection. So I started to lean into that a little bit more and started to um, to look into yoga teacher trainings. And at the time, it, it, it truly wasn't to forge a path as a yoga teacher. I um, had huge issues with self-esteem and huge issues with just a lot of negative self-talk. And so as much as I was looking into yoga teacher training, it was purely for my own practice and purely to, and have a you know a month overseas because I ended up doing it in Bali so I had a you know a whole month going and living in Ubud in Bali and just it was just the most magical experience but it was more at that point more of like a I guess a stepping stone out of that that busy marketing world to give myself some space to you know to get more into my practice and just to have this amazing experience and I was just totally petrified of speaking in front of people like it's just I still have times when I walk into class and I'm like, "Oh, like if there's twenty people in there and it's still that has always been a, a big issue for me and something that's taken a lot of work to work through. And even on the even on the yoga teacher training, like I honestly think if my teachers knew that I was teaching now, they would be shocked. Like I was I was terrible. like I truly to get up in front of a group of people and, and practice teaching. I would literally not sleep the night before. Like I'd be that nervous about it. So it's um it's yeah, sure as hell taken a lot of work. But from that point, I moved back to Geelong and um I was working in HR. So back to sort of what I'd studied at Union. Definitely wasn't lighting my world on fire. It was sort of a, you know, a means to an end. I was dabbling with whether I'd start teaching or not, and I just got an opportunity really luckily through Yoga 213, so a studio that had opened in Newtown. And just, yeah, very fortunate to be given an opportunity there. And it took a, a lot of <laughs> a lot of practice to, to get myself to a point where I wasn't, you know, sleepless the night before um, teaching a class in the morning. And then it was really just a, a couple of turns of luck, honestly, where I just had met the right people and the beach house down at the waterfront in Eastern Beach. So they were about to open that, that cafe and I just happened to, yeah, meet the guys that were running that. And and they just said, oh, we're just looking for someone to run some yoga upstairs. Like, do you know of anyone that would be interested? And I thought, oh, my God, I can't, cannot turn that opportunity down. Like, such an incredible, to have it so casual and so, you know, let's just see how it goes kind of thing. And, I mean, I had in my head at that point, like, I'd been teaching for only a couple of years. So I probably had in my head, like, oh, maybe I could open a studio down the track, you know, five or six years down the track. I definitely didn't feel ready to dive into that. But I remember having this conversation with Ben, one of the owners, and I just, I remember this, the fear of this sitting in my chest of like, I can't, who do I think I am to, you know, to go and open a yoga studio with two years of teaching under my belt. But then I just remember thinking, if you don't do this, Jess, like someone else will do it. Someone else will come in and do it because they're looking for someone to do it and you will just kick yourself. And it was just this huge moment of like, all right, got to put the big girl pants on and just like, (laughs) Fake it till you make it essentially. And yeah, just got really lucky that 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 kind of all panned out. A little unlucky in that we opened only six weeks before the pandemic, <laughs> before the lockdown started. So we only really, yeah, we were open sort of start of February. So it sort of made things obviously quite um quite difficult. We had to move venues as well. So we're in a new premises now on Myers Street in Geelong. But I mean, things just work out for a reason, as we know. So it sort of feels like it's all yeah, it feels like it's all led us to where we are now. And um, luckily the building that we rented had these couple of spare little studio rooms at the back. And so we'd always, we'd been thinking, what, what do we do with those? Like, do we turn it into a second studio space? And then just had this, this real urge to create this holistic sort of wellness studio, I guess is what is what we call it. So We've got girls in there offering massage, facials. We have an amazing kinesiologist, Gemma, who's about to leave us and go back to the UK. So we're devastated about that. Um, But we've got some other um, really exciting things happening next year in that space Some new people coming on. So that's sort of been created as a bit of a sort of a haven away from the hustle of your life. So it's like come in, there's beautiful music, there's beautiful tea. It's like a real um, a real haven to just kind of, down regulate your nervous system we've got sound bath that plays in the massage and in the facials and it's really yeah it's quite a quite a beautiful um little experience to come in and yeah to come in and treat yourself in there but yeah that's essentially what I'm doing now so I'm teaching a bit I'm um yeah I'm running these two businesses and pinching myself daily that this is what I get to do for a living like I truly yeah feel very very fortunate that things have worked out how how they have because I think I very easily could have stayed in that corporate world it was oh it was so hard to quit that job like it really I honestly talked about it I think for about eight months my friends would have been so sick of it I was like yeah I've just got to get out of there I need to do something else and it took a lot of yeah convincing myself because obviously it's that real you know it's that safety thing of that's a safe job there was a clear path of progression and yeah to step away from all of that and take a big risk and do your own thing
0: and it is a big risk isn't it 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 takes Takes a lot of courage to do that. But it sounds like, you know, I'm that there's sort of two things you had to listen to. You know, one was your heart that your head was saying, stay in this corporate job, but your heart was going, no, this isn't where I want to be anymore. But the other is your body. And Georgia, you would know so much more about this than what we do. But it's amazing, isn't it? How our body actually tells us, you know, what we need and want. And your body was saying, actually, this is not the right environment for me anymore. And your body started to tell you when you weren't listening, you know, to your heart that this wasn't where you needed to be anymore. And that takes courage, I guess, to listen to both of those things. It's much easier for us just to keep with the fast pace and keep with listening to our head.
2: Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that probably ties in a little bit with with the whole mindfulness thing, because that was pivotal for me, That that just learning to just stop and be still and actually listen. And I can remember, I mean, it's taken me years to get a regular practice, you know, a regular daily practice, but initially it was just kind of dabbling here and there with different meditation techniques but I yeah it was that real these moments of clarity of just going oh shit like this actually forces me to stop and listen and feel into my body notice where I'm feeling sensation in my chest am I feeling anxious am I feeling like really identifying yeah what's going on and giving yourself the power then to actually make decisions based off how you feel and yoga obviously is a big part of that as well Is the this practice of just meeting yourself on the mat and giving yourself that hour or half an hour, 10 minutes, whatever it is. And that's mindfulness to me. Like that's, if we do talk later, yeah, more about mindfulness, like that, that is a big part of how I practice mindfulness. It's just that space with yourself and it's not necessarily having actions or goals that you need to achieve on the mat. I think that's really important. And same with meditation, it's more just Yeah, it's more just giving yourself some space to just sit there and go, okay, what's coming up for me today, and can I can I recognize it, acknowledge it, and also not be judgmental with it? Because I think that for, for me, for many years, it was criticism and judgment was on top of the awareness. So it was like, oh, I'm noticing all these things going on, but also actually being quite critical of that, which is unhelpful and only makes things worse. I think I really only in the last probably year have I really learned that acceptance piece is such a big peace like the awareness and noticing everything and noticing what's going on in your body is a big part it's a big step but then the next step is that just acceptance and the relief that you feel from that to just sit with it's okay whatever's there today is is okay
1: yeah and that takes practice doesn't it accepting and, and being kind to yourself and and yeah getting on the mat or whatever it looks like for you to find that awareness and mindfulness is a way to tap into that intuition and it really sounds like your path has been listening and trusting your intuition and look at where it's taken you, you know, opening that up. I feel like you almost opened up the floodgates by going to that training and then it kind of flows on every time you need to make a decision and, and life brings you opportunities and everything once you start opening yourself to that, isn't
2: it? So. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I can remember that actually. It's funny you say at the yoga teacher training, I can remember, yes, and I've looked back on journal entries that I was, um, like I was writing daily in a, in a journal and it's so fascinating to read back on that and see, progression is not the right word, but just to see how much things have changed. But I can remember feeling very indecisive at the start of the, and I've, I'd written in there, like, you know, still thinking so much about what am I going to do when I get back? Like so stuck in that thinking mind. And then one of our teachers was just amazing at, he just kept saying to me, just stop trying to control everything and just let yourself just be. And, and at that point, that all of that sort of language and all that stuff was quite new to me. And it definitely took me a couple of weeks to settle in. But I mean, I was there for a month, luckily. So it sort of gave you that really good amount of time to, to really listen in. But then I can just remember having this one day of just feeling so connected to myself. I knew what I wanted. I knew, and it was this feeling of like, oh, wow, I think this is intuition. I can remember thinking like, this is the first time I've ever felt this connection to this thing of like really guiding me, but it felt so strong. Like it really felt like I could listen to it. And then as you were saying, daughter, like the more that you listen to it, the more that you trust that, I think things do just pan out. Like I really, I really do believe that, that when you're listening to yourself and you're making decisions based from that, from that really inner place I think then it sounds so woo woo but it honestly like I look back yeah on the last six years and I'm like the way that that's all panned out there's no way I could have planned any of that it's all just happened so organically so yeah you just got to trust yourself a little bit I think
1: yeah and yeah like you say create the space and then it comes and you've created this beautiful yeah studio and wellness hub. And I can't wait to come in and, and Yeah, you guys up. will
2: have to come visit yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, obviously
1: with, within that, that's still a, a busy life in a way, mm-hmm. even though it is beautiful, you know, things can get quite busy just in general. But how do you then, now that you're so
2: aware of self-care and looking after yourself, how do you keep it a priority in your life? Great question. <laughs> and this is an ongoing um, I'm certainly not sitting here saying I've got it all figured out now guys this is how this is how you do it and it's totally foolproof no not at all it is very much a constant process for me to yeah check in with myself i'm naturally someone that leans to anxiety and leans to overdoing things so for me it is a literally a daily check in of what do i need today and i would say even only the last couple of months have been far better for me in terms of being able to really manage myself and manage my stress. And I think a big part of that for me has been delegating. I've finally bought a girl. um, One of my yoga teachers, Jess, has come on to help me with admin. And it's just something that obviously with COVID the last 18 months, it's been hard to obviously know, you know, income wise, like what revenue we've got, it's been really hard to be able to commit to bring bringing um, a staff member on. But yeah, I've finally been able to do that and just truly changed my life. Like just, yeah, not having to, not having to go through emails for a couple of hours every day, plus teaching, plus managing everything else. Um, so Jess is, yeah, overseeing all of the, the emails and the admin side of things, which is just, I mean, she's probably doing 15 hours a week. So when I think about that chunk of work that I was fitting in on top of already a full week, it was, it was too much and it, and it definitely had me slipping in terms of my yoga practice wasn't as regular. You know, the busier you get, unfortunately, those things do start to slip out. As much as when we're stressed, those things are more important. So it's always ironic. I always look back on busy weeks and I'm like, oh, you idiot! Like you dropped off all the self care stuff that I know would have helped me. But you think you don't have enough time? But I, yeah, in terms of the things that have really landed with me and and helped me in terms of in terms of self care, so. Where do I even start? Honestly, there's such a, there's such a a list that, that I could reel off to you guys. And I've kind of accumulated these over the years. Like I've done different courses. I've done different, you know, different meditation courses, different breathing practices different what did I recently do I did a rest course um so learning to rest and embody rest with this woman Jo Buick who's phenomenal so if this resonates with anyone definitely look Jo up she's yeah she's a pioneer in this in this field and so I guess I've sort of yeah over the years had all these different little things that I'd kind of try out as I was going along and then I've got this little toolbox I guess that just each week I'm sort of just conscious of not putting too much pressure on myself because that is also I think something that I was coming unstuck with a little bit a few years ago was just putting so much pressure on. Like oh, I've got to, you know, meditate for 30 minutes a day. I need to do yoga for an hour every day. I need to fit yin in two times a week. And, and then all of a sudden that that pressure and it also then becomes this real like this doing thing. It's this real action. And for me I need less of that in my life. That's what I've really identified. Like I, I need more being, more just, you know, no plan sitting around oh do I want to meditate yeah I might just sit for 10 minutes and see how that feels do I want to do some breathing practices rather than having this really structured I've actually noticed for me that that is actually what I need at this moment anyway maybe that will change in the future but yeah so things that yeah god it's funny when I was thinking about because I knew we were going to talk, talk about self-care. And when I was thinking about this, I was like, Oh, do I even do like, what self-care do I do? And I started writing a list and I was like, Oh my God, like my whole week is just framed. It really is. It's my whole week is framed around looking after myself better. And I think that has taken me a long time to get to and to prioritize for me. It was always work. I would always prioritize the businesses, anything that needed to be done urgently would always be my first priority. And I've just realized in the last couple of months, it is actually really starting to shift, which is good, but it's also obviously as a small business owner, the the buck stops with you. So I've also got to be cautious of of balancing all of that. So I think that's always going to be a bit of an ongoing thing. But yeah, in terms of self-care, I mean, meditation for me is key. So I make sure that I do that daily, but it looks different every day depending on what I've got going on. So some days it'll be a quick, you know, 10 minute, sit down in the backyard on the grass and just have the sun on my skin and just sit there for 10 minutes. Some could call that sunbaking, but (laughs) getting the vitamin (laughs) D in. (laughs) Um, But then other times it's, you know, I'll feel like, oh, I've got time today. I want a 45 minute practice and I'll sit and meditate for 45 minutes. But I'm, yeah, conscious of not putting that pressure on of needing to do that every day. Some weeks it's twice a day I'll do 10 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening or vice versa. Um, But just trying not to have too much, structure around it and really trying to listen to yeah, what do I need? I think the yoga practice, mainly yin at the moment. I'm really craving yin, I think, because life's a bit busy, there's lots going on. Um, and yeah, I've really been craving yin. So I'll do a couple of yin practices a week. I still try and move with a little bit more intensity a few times a week, but that's probably dropped off a little bit just in trying to lean more towards the resting component. So that, you know, parasympathetic nervous system for me, is something that I struggle to bring myself into. So I have been prioritizing that a little bit more lately. Also things like yoga nidra, which again is a meditation, but you can just do them recorded. So on things like Insight Timer, and there's a few other people that I've got their recordings of. And so they're just like 15 or 20 minutes you do before bed, particularly if I have a lot on or if I've got like a busy workload for the week, I will try and fit those in as a priority because I know that they'll help me sleep and help me you know, get up the next day and feel a bit fresher and able to kind of, yeah, tackle the day. Self-care for me also moves into more little glimmers of joy in the day. And so it can be, you know, you may not fit in a 45-minute meditation practice. You may not have time for yoga, but I'm, and this is from the rest course that I did with Joe. It's these real, just mini micro moments in the day. And the more that you do them, the more that you notice them. And then they become, you know, if you've got just a few little, couple of minute or five minute things scattered throughout your day that might add up to an hour you know and an hour of mindfulness or an hour of sitting out in the sun and playing with your dog or something like that is phenomenal like if you can fit that into your day or into your week so I've also yeah really started to sort of reorganize I used to think that self-care had to be like a whole full day you'd like have a bath and then you've go and get a facial and then you'd and obviously it's nice to have those things um and I do still do those things like I try and especially with Remedy Lane um yeah I've got access to some beautiful practitioners in there now so I've got massage and facials on hand at the moment which is beautiful so I try and get in there a few times a week and use that as a real yeah a real treat. and but I always am conscious of making it I used to think that you had to earn those things. And I think that's a really interesting psychology to start to kind of lean into and and understand in yourself that do you use self-care as a, oh, I've done enough work today so I deserve to go and get a massage. I think that's like we all deserve to look after ourselves no matter how much work we've done for the day. So I think that has been, yeah, that's probably been a, a, a big learning. But, yeah, those little glimmers in the day, the little glimmers of joy. So you might sit. Have a cup of tea, but actually, really, you know, look at your cup of tea, see the see the steam rising out of the cup, and like, and just sitting there with that. And this ties into to mindfulness, of course, as well. So, it turns into these little micro mindfulness practices throughout the day. So, you might, I guess, that I laid out on the deck, the sun was out, and just feeling the breeze on your skin, and feeling the sun, appreciating the sun after a bloody long winter, <laughs> and just you know, hearing the birds and noticing the trees, and just those simple little things that the more you practice them the more you start to notice those little things in your day and then you know and then it doesn't have to be this big 45 minute or hour long meditation practice it can actually just be that throughout the day you're becoming more aware and you're just noticing these little little glimmers throughout the day that actually do they actually have the capacity to bring joy into your day so that's been probably a more recent practice like that i learned that stuff with with Joe Buick in, in her course that I finished maybe three months ago. So that's, yeah, that's probably been the latest thing that I've been implementing and I'm doing a bit more journaling lately, which I go through phases with that. And I know it helps so much. I really, I think looking back at journal entries can be, do you guys journal? Yes. I've, yeah. <laughs> I love
1: it. Um, I mean, yeah, it's been something over my life that I haven't
2: been regular with,
1: And I used to think it was something you had to do at night time, like after the Mm -hmm. day, but I actually love doing it in the morning because I find that that, yeah, sets me up for the day and kind of putting down some, some grateful things or just, you know, my feelings of the day and kind of my intentions, I think helps too.
0: Yeah, nice. I tend to just journal when I'm feeling a strong emotion or when there's possibly a strong emotion there, but I'm not paying attention to it Mm -hmm. because I can just get into that. Oh, no, I'm fine. I'm coping. I'm all good. And the journaling kind of helps me acknowledge and realize what emotion is there whether it's feeling really upset about something or anxious or kind of you know stressed or angry I kind of have a tendency not to notice that and just to kind of keep going which is odd being a psychologist probably (laughs) (laughs) and I have the tools like journaling to then help me yeah help me realize you know what's there it can be so powerful can't it and really help kind of once we express those emotions and how we're doing we can let go and, and let them be a little more
2: Mm -hmm. yeah for sure I think with the journaling I used to think oh I'm not good at writing Uh, yeah and then I, I can't remember where I read this but it was just put the pen to paper and just don't think about it and just let it come out and it's really interesting what comes out when you get out of your thinking get out of the thinking mind and just let this you know this unconscious whatever needs to come out and that yeah I think that's been really helping me too like not putting this pressure on I need to write something that sounds good. Actually, it's just like a word vomit. It's just just whatever's sitting there, just yeah, just let the pen write and just see what comes out. So I think, yeah, I think that can be quite powerful. And also to read back on old journal entries and go, oh shit, I have actually I've actually really done some work there and things have actually really shifted and really changed. And I think that can be really powerful too to kind of spur you on. Yeah. So I think
0: that's and also brilliant. The opposite as well. You know, I have you kind of journals that have the spiral notebook. So, you know, I always encourage people if they're hesitant on journaling to shred it, like journal, then cut it up and put it in the bin, not to try and get rid of thoughts and feelings, but if you're going to be anxious of those words sticking around and someone else coming across them, you know, your family, for instance, you know, if you've got little kids and whatnot, as part of the journaling is actually you working out what you're thinking and feeling and expressing that to yourself. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that you come back and read. So you can actually even just putting the words on paper, mm. and then you can tear it up and, and pop it in the bin. Even though those words and thoughts are still with you, you then don't have to get so anxious about you know what if someone finds you know these deep thoughts that I'm I'm popping down it can
2: be. So yeah, exciting. that would be helpful. Maybe I should try that too. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you were saying
0: before, Jess, around that kind of tapping into joy, and you know that that's a part of mindfulness. It's a part of a mindfulness that I'm only just discovering. So I did a um, mindful meditation training recently and kind of hadn't realized with mindfulness, this whole part of, you know, taking the pleasant and taking the good and soak up those moments of joy, not forcing joy, but just noticing when it is there and, and paying attention. Some people might not be so familiar with mindfulness as a whole. You know, the word gets thrown around so much. So how would you describe and help people understand just sort of broadly what mindfulness is and then we can kind of narrow back down again?
2: Yeah, you're right. It it is a word that gets sort of thrown around a lot. And, I mean, it is a versatile word too, so you can understand why um, it gets used in different contexts. But I guess, yeah, mindfulness for me is just, It's just being more present. It's just so, rather than being stuck for me, the way I would define it to feel it in myself is if I'm stuck in thinking mode or if I'm on my phone, if I'm really, you know, busy and hectic, it's the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. So, it's the you know, when you feel spacious, when you feel quiet, when you feel calm, when you feel connected to yourself and to the world around you and the people around you. So, I guess, yeah, I guess that's how I would define it yeah
0: and also that it's that sort of awareness when we're not like that as well and that's equally as mindful isn't it that you know when we are stressed and busy if we start to notice that we're stressed and busy that is just as strong a mindfulness practice as the mindfulness when we're feeling calmer and much harder actually when we're busy to kind of draw on it how do you Incorporate it into your day on those days where you might not have as much time for an actual sort of meditation. Like, how do you bring it in throughout your day?
2: Mm. So, if I'm if I've got like a really busy week, something something interesting that I've been a lot better with lately is off my phone. Get off my phone. Like, to literally, delete Instagram. So I will do if I've got like a really busy week and I'm like I need to prioritize you know sleeping and I need to prioritize yeah letting my nervous system come back down and and resting I will yeah if I I notice and I probably need to <laughs> probably need to work on this addiction but Instagram for me is I find it quite toxic I'm, I as in my relationship with it so I think it can be used I think it can be used in a really positive light. But I do notice for me at the moment, it's, yeah, it, I, I don't think it makes me feel good. I feel a bit tired to it because of the businesses. So I have to be, or again, have to, you know, that's me saying I have to. Um, I feel the pressure to be, you know, posting on there constantly. But I do notice that I crave time away from from social media. So I will, yeah, little things like I'll delete the app for the day. So if I've already got enough like I'm like, should I've got a really busy day or a busy week and I've got lots to get through being off Instagram, I actually think gives me more headspace and makes me feel calmer and more at peace. So I, I do, I'm getting better at doing that and going, no, I'm just going to delete it for two days and I'm not, I don't need to look at it. What are the other little micro practices? Uh, I've learned some really beautiful sort of mindful, mindfulness based practices um, in this course I did with with joe this rest course and just little things to bring your nervous system you know in and out of um so it's the ability for your nervous system to obviously be in that like we need to have moments where we're busy and where we're you know striving and pushing and achieving things but learning that it's a real skill and it's something some of us need to learn is to then bring the nervous system back out of that and it could be a a two-minute practice of like i've been getting into um like shaking, shaking, dancing, putting music on, moving around the room. Like I never used to do any of that. And it's funny thinking back as a kid, I was a very, always had music on. I was always like running around in the backyard, super energetic. So it's funny the things that you, you know, you unlearn as you get older and then you realize actually that was probably a really useful practice for me. So little things like that, like I'll sometimes, yeah, I'm getting a lot better at having those little breaks in between if I'm on the computer all day like I'll go and put a song on and I'm like, all right, it's three minutes, four minutes in the lounge room. I'll just move however I want to move. And then sometimes I'll sit, you know, sit for a minute after that and just let everything kind of settle. And I've found that to be quite a good sort of stress release type thing. Um, and then there's been, yeah, some great stuff in the course content with with Joe Buick, just some really simple grounding kind of practices. So whether it's like running your hand, along your arm, doing that a couple of times. It's literally just bringing you back into your body. That's what it feels like for me. So if it's a busy day and it's recognising that, and I mean, sometimes I'll get to the end of the day and go, crap, I've not not—I've <laughs> not looked after myself in that sense at all. But then you just go, all right, tomorrow is a better day and tomorrow I'm going to make sure that I do fit in a couple of those little things. But I think not putting too much pressure on ourselves is important too, which, yeah, I've really it's taken me a good couple of years to really figure that out because the, the putting the pressure on yourself to always be doing these things to make you more mindful can actually be counterproductive because then you're just still in that thinking and, and planning component of your mind. So I think, yeah, I think it does take practice and it's not something that I've, I'm definitely not going to say that I've mastered it, but yeah, but I feel like I'm on the right path anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's habits. It's yeah, if you do it and you remind yourself, I think you made such, yeah, a few really great points there about your phone. Um, I know that say, yeah, you just want to break from what you're doing, your work or whatever, and you go on your phone and then you're on Instagram and you're kind of in everyone else's world and I feel very out of my body then. And when you put it, when I put my phone down, I think, oh, God, what time, like where am I sort of thing? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you, yeah, use that time to dance or shake or even just, you know, hold a yoga pose or whatever it is, or go outside for fresh air then you're so much more present in your world and you've actually really utilized that time to nourish yourself it's such a opposing thing isn't it like sort of distracting yourself or becoming more present and yeah I mean we're all we're all addicted basically most people are addicted in some mm. way to social oh, media, sure. and it's, so it's a constant practice for everyone and learning to create space from it and yeah
0: and I love what you just said about kind of coming back to your world not just your body because you know I love yoga but sometimes one of the things I find hard about yoga is that it's all about coming back into our bodies and a lot of people especially they're experiencing anxiety for instance or depression they're spending a lot of time in their bodies actually they're in their heads you know in their thoughts they're in their feelings their physiological sensations what they're often not so present and mindful and aware of is Their external environment Mm. and and the world around them. And so that kind of grounding with mindfulness, some days might not be coming back to your body, but it might be coming back to those external Mm. senses. Like, what can I hear in this moment? Can I notice something I hadn't noticed was a sound? Or, you know, what can I see? Or or going for that walk and just noticing on that brick fence, what's one thing I haven't noticed on that fence before? So, Mm. yeah, I think, yeah, what you just said about kind of coming back to your body, but also coming back to your whole world that's around you in that present moment can be so nice.
1: I love oh, absolutely, yeah. Just on that note, just quickly, I was actually thinking of mindful things practices that I do, and one is, um, especially during summer, is watering my plants every day. And I have a lot of plants, like outdoor plants and indoor plants. So it takes a while, so it's a bit of a process. It's not something I can quickly do. So I find that that's a really nice way of yeah, being in touch with the birds outside and the water, and how are my plants actually going? Are they thriving or are mm-hmm. they dying? So I think that's a good way of becoming aware of what's around you.
0: Even your daily tasks for me, it's showering, you know, so often showering is a bit of my thinking time, you know, it's where my thoughts go, I problem solve, I try and, you know, solve the problems of the world and my world. But actually, trying to have some intentional time in the shower where I'm just purely mindful, like I'm noticing the sound of the running water, I'm noticing sensations, smells, you know, if your body wash, those sorts of things, I think yeah it doesn't have to be that you know mindfulness is this extra additional task that we do is it it's as you're saying jess it's really kind of incorporated into our whole life and day when we practice it more and more it becomes a bit easier to do that
2: yeah it really does yeah it's funny that shower one that's one of the um one of the techniques that joe buick teaches it's yeah in the shower feel the water on your body like really be with it feel all of the droplets smell smell your body wash all of that stuff and Yeah, it sounds so simple. Like it sounds almost too simple. I'm sure some people listening would be like, oh, that's not going to work. Like that's not going to do anything. But doesn't it make sense? I think that we do have this innate, you know, simple thing that we can all tune into. We all have and it's just there. Doesn't it make sense that we have that, you know, inbuilt within all of us? Like I think it makes sense. It should be simple that we have these, you know, these techniques that we can come back to. Day and day, time and time again, and and everyone can. You don't have to be a special someone to have this ability to be mindful. Yeah, exactly,
1: and that's it. It's it's all within us. We don't need like a contraption, or you don't need to buy things to be able to do it, which is great. I know you've touched on this already with obviously remedy lane and having access to facials and beautiful things, and the kinesiologist. But who, um, if you're comfortable saying at the moment, who is in your team? You know, for your physical and your mental health supporting you
2: Mm. yeah I feel really lucky I've got a yeah beautiful um, team of people supporting me I guess so yeah I'm so lucky at Remedy like it's just like this beautiful little family we've got maybe six girls that work in there and we all just support each other you know they come to my yoga classes and then I go and get facials and massage off them and then Gemma the kinesiologist we all go in and have sessions with her so it really is this yeah, it's just created this really beautiful um, support network within that little community. So really lucky to have that. And then my yoga teachers as well. There's some beautiful souls in that, in that crew. So we all kind of, yeah, practice with each other and it's just, yeah, it's a really, um, oh, it's just such a, such a lovely group of people. Um, So I would say, let me think who else. Yeah, that's probably at the moment, they're probably my core crew. And then obviously, yeah, parents in terms of, chatting about your life problems and (laughs) getting advice pretty close with both my parents so they're yeah that'd be a big factor and then yeah my partner's amazing listens to me crap on about all of this stuff that he has no interest in so (laughs) he's very yeah very supportive oh that's good
1: yeah we need all those people in our life and yeah family friends and the professionals that can help Mm. too Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I have really enjoyed this conversation so much. So we will finish off with a couple of little questions to give our um, listeners, I was going to say readers then, um, (laughs) (laughs) our listeners something to take away. Um, So what's one thing that you're listening or reading or watching at the moment that's really inspiring you and you'd like to share?
2: Oh, there's so many. Do I, do I only get to pick one? Oh, a couple, three.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's limit you, Jeff. We're doing okay. <laughs> you can have three.
2: <laughs> okay, good. Give me some boundaries because I'll work, I'll work within those. Um, all right. I've got three. So I'm reading a lot. Um, have you guys heard of The Holistic Psychologist? Yeah.
1: Have yes. you heard of her?
2: Yeah. So I'm reading her book at the moment, mm-hmm. How to Do the Work. Have either of you read that? No, it's good. very, very, very interesting for anyone that sort of thinks maybe there's some, you know, self development kind of things that need to happen. It's, um, yeah, it's hugely mind blowing. So she's phenomenal. So I'm, I would recommend her. Um, a lady called Michaela Bohm, I think is how you pronounce her surname. She's Austrian, lives in America now, and she wrote Wild Woman's Way. And that has been quite a pivotal, um, yeah, I've learned a lot from her. She's also on a, um, she's also randomly on this Netflix series with Gwyneth Paltrow, The Goop. So it's Goop, but it's about like sex lives. Have mm-hmm. you guys heard of that? Yeah, Sex, Love and Goop. Is that what it's sex, called? Sex, Love and yeah. Goop.
1: I it, haven't watched it
2: yet, but I want to. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fascinating. So she, her book though is, um, yeah, for anyone that, you know, is living that busy lifestyle and they're not sure, how to kind of implement things to, yeah, she's probably actually been quite pivotal. I read her book maybe four months ago and there's been some huge, huge re-evaluations of things after reading that book. So Wild Woman's Way, so I would really recommend that. And then Johan Hari, have you guys heard of him? His book on connection. So he went and did a heap of research around mental mental health so um, anxiety and depression in particular and traveled to all of the blue zones around the world and then wrote this book around what are we missing you know what's this missing piece like why is the western why are we all why are we all so unhappy and it's I think it's called connection or it's about connection anyway so about human connection and it's really powerful if anyone's yeah it's, it sort of goes into medication for anxiety and depression, do do we need it? it, sort of goes through all these different research studies and then kind of offers up another solution essentially around connection. So it's, yeah, really powerful book.
0: I think there's a TED Talk by him as well, isn't there, on that? Um, yeah, probably, yeah. Of, yeah, with some of the happiest people and what it all came down to was those relationships really.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah
0: incredible a few for us to get onto there we're going to be reading (laughs) if you were to give our listeners just one tip that they can start kind of straight away to help themselves look after themselves what would it be Jess
2: oh one that's so hard all right what's what's the one okay I think one one that would be good to start with is just to have some time in your day where you're not doing anything Right? So even if it's five minutes, maybe it starts as five minutes or ten minutes, and you just you sit or you go and stand in your garden or something, but there is no outcome required from that five or ten minutes and just see what happens. You know you might start to listen, listen to what are the sounds around you, and then you might start to you know feel your skin or feel maybe you're barefoot in your garden or just have this yeah ten minutes in a day or in a week where you just don't have anything that you have to achieve. There's no outcome associated with it. Mindfulness will then kind of start to become a part of that, that practice because you're just, yeah, you're just being with yourself out in the environment and just start to pay attention. So rather than thinking in the monkey mind where we're busy, busy, can you just pay attention to what's going on around you?
0: great yeah I love that thank you I think I'm gonna start that I might start with two minutes
2: though
0: (laughs) 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 yeah we're back up to the five or ten I can imagine lots of people will be feeling the same so I love that idea of yeah let's start small and and build Jess you have been incredible to us today yeah I feel like I'm walking away I don't know about you Georgia but walking away with so many ideas Mm. and inspiration and wanting to get back on that mindfulness and meditation path and and being and looking after ourselves as well you know I love all all the team that you have around you and using those people so thank you so so much for joining
2: us today oh thank you guys so much it's um yeah it's pretty amazing to have the, the opportunity to come on and talk about all of this stuff which I'm so passionate about so it's yeah it's amazing thanks so much girls Thank you for listening. We hope
0: you enjoyed the episode and if you know someone else who might find it useful, we'd be so grateful if you shared it with them. We appreciate each and every review that's been left and we love hearing from you. So please leave us one if you feel like it. If you want to stay in the loop about upcoming guests and episodes, make sure you hit subscribe and follow us on Instagram and check out the show notes for links to any resources that we might have mentioned in today's episode. Just a reminder that everything we chat about in this podcast is to help you live with courage and joy and nothing should be considered medical advice, so always chat to your own healthcare professional. We'll catch you in a fortnight for our next episode and we can't wait to have you there. We're grateful to record this podcast on the lands of the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation and we pay our deepest respects to their elders past, present and emerging.